I very much enjoyed being a mother. And I think I had the best time of my life when my kids were babies. We had so much fun. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. And by the way, Most Memorable Journeys is already one year old. And this episode is just about me. And I'm going to tell you how I can pack 40 years in one podcast episode. On the 27th of March, 1982, I arrived for the first time at the old airport in Larnaca, Cyprus. I had no idea where I was going. It was my third summer season as a holiday rep. And after two summers in Greece, I was expecting something similar, but it was different here. And I immediately loved it. Now, I have been talking about my first eight years and summer seasons in previous episodes. And I also did an episode about how I got here in a green Range Rover in 1994 to stay for good. And we got married in 95. And in 97, I had two small babies and a completely new life after years of globetrotting, working all over the world, having cocktails on the beach, going to the disco, and thinking that this is what made me happy, even though deep down it didn't. It was a very superficial life. Between 1988 and 1994, Cyprus had changed a lot. The Russians had descended upon the island and many people had become rich quick. There was a new vibe of big cars, designer clothes, designer handbags. But I was used to that. I had been living in Miami and in LA and other glamorous places, so I didn't really get too impressed, but rather amused. Many luxury homes on the hills above Limassol had been bought by Russians, and prices of homes were driven up. Everything had become more expensive in restaurants and shops, but otherwise my Cyprus was still the same, and many things that I love about Cyprus don't have a price. I very much enjoyed being a mother, and I think I had the best time of my life when my kids were babies. We had so much fun, and I didn't want to be without them and never actually left them until the famous trip to Beirut, where I accompanied my husband and my father-in-law to a Lloyd's of London conference. Motherhood had taken over, and I was out of travel practice and hadn't realized that my passport was expired. You may think that the check-in person at the airport should have noticed, but he or she had overseen it too. So I arrived at Beirut International Airport with an expired passport and ended up, after a lot of discussing and loud talking, to be one of the few people who were allowed to enter Lebanon on an expired passport, provided, of course, that I went to the Swiss embassy the next day to extend it. Just saying what motherhood can do to you. Everything changes. Priorities become different. 
I loved it. And when my kids started kindergarten and got invited to all those birthday parties, even though it was sometimes painful to sit through hours of recorded children's songs and balloon popping, I enjoyed every minute of it. Bringing up children in Cyprus is wonderful as it is one of the safest countries in the world. Cypriots are very friendly in general, particularly towards kids. You won't find many places that won't go out of their way to make your kids feel welcome. Another interesting period was around the time when our children started school. It was the Cyprus stock market bubble. Everybody started playing the stock market, as they called it. And I have learned one thing in life. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is too good to be true. People actually took up loans on their homes to buy totally inflated shares. And of course, it all came crashing down. And some of those big cars that were bought during this time remained property of the banks. It's just so interesting to watch people who want to keep up with the Joneses buying things to impress people that they don't like with money that they don't have. Of course, this habit isn't just limited to Cyprus, but of course, often more noticeable in a small society. Our children grew up in a wonderful setting. Getting together with other families, cooking together, going on picnics, spending time on the beach, and later on when they were bigger, we knew that it was a safe place for them to start going out on their own. They played all sorts of sports. My son played in the Cyprus national rugby team. And my daughter was a fantastic student and won lots of, of awards when she graduated from high school. Our house is in an area which was really developed in the last years. We were the first building in an empty field. We were surrounded by orange groves. And there were some horses and donkeys in the field below our house. We could even see the sea when we moved in here 25 years ago. We had temporary electricity at the beginning from a pole on top of the road. And for the first few months, every time it rained or there was a little thunder or lightning, the fuse blew and I had to walk up the road in the rain to press a button so the electricity would come back on again. Today, we are surrounded by buildings and recently a huge over 40 stories high tower has been built in front of our noses. When my kids were small, I was working part-time as a sales manager in a company that unfortunately closed down. And I realized that I needed to find something else to do. Just being a mother after all these years of working didn't do it for me. I had noticed that there were no nice toys available here. And I started doing some research in Germany and Austria and found companies which sold beautiful wooden toys painted with non-toxic paints that had passed every single safety check. I decided to open a shop in Limassol and import all these wonderful items, but soon realized that it wasn't really the thing people were interested in. 
They were mostly buying each other clothes as presents and toys had to be in big boxes. And my small expensive wooden games didn't look impressive enough. I needed to find a different clientele that would appreciate my toys and decided to open a second job in Nicosia, the capital, because there was a higher percentage of foreigners living there. It worked a little bit better, but never well enough. And after a few years of something that felt like occupational therapy, because I had never actually paid myself a salary, I closed the Limassol shop and managed to sell the shop in Nicosia for exactly the amount of money that I owed the bank. It was a very eye-opening experience. I hadn't failed, but I had definitely learned that I should have studied the market more. And I also found out that I would never want to open a shop again in my life, because it's a tie and a huge commitment. But my kids had the best toys, and turned up at birthday parties with the best quality presents. It was an interesting experience, and I met so many nice people in Nicosia, because that was one of the places that I had no relationship with. As a tour guide, my uh, people were restricted to coastal towns. Tourism was part of the coastal towns only, and Nicosia is inland. One night in 2003, I got a call from my friend Catherine asking me if I could go to the police station with her. When I asked what happened, she told me that she had told a police officer that she speaks French and he had taken her number. And that night they needed a French interpreter at the police station and he had called her to go and help. She had been showing off a little because her French wasn't good enough to translate for a police report. So I went along and that was the beginning of a very interesting time in my life. I speak German, French, English and Greek well enough to assist at the questioning. And they started calling me more often and again and again. One day a higher rank officer started talking to me and mentioned that he was the president of the Cyprus Police Association and that he goes to a conference somewhere in Europe once or twice a year and that he always takes an interpreter with him and if I would be interested. This sounded very intriguing to me. I was dying to get involved in something connected to travel. And I also believe that when someone offers you an opportunity, you always have to say yes. I also thought that this man was just making conversation. But about two weeks later, his secretary called me and asked me if I could go to Poland with a delegation of of the Cyprus police. I was a little overwhelmed for a moment. My kids were small and... I also wasn't sure if I would be able to actually do this. I wasn't sure if my Greek was good enough to translate at the conference. I called my husband and he told me that I needed to say yes because otherwise they would never call me again. I decided to take a leap of faith and off I went to my first interpreting 
assignment at the conference of the Euro European Police Trade Union in Gdansk in Poland. I felt a little uneasy at the beginning, but I was very used to networking in an international environment, and it didn't take me long to adjust. Not only was my Greek good enough, the highlight of my first trip was to actually meet the founder of Solidarnosc, Nobel Prize winner and ex-president of Poland, Lech Walesa. And there is a funny story about him and his interpreter because she, he said something to her in Polish and she translated it in English. And then he said to her, no, that's not what I said. So he obviously understood but didn't want to speak English. This was the beginning of a 17-year-long interpreting career for the Cyprus Police Association and later on for the European Police Trade Union. I worked for four different presidents, and when a Cypriot became president of the European Police Trade Union, I became his personal interpreter and advisor. I organized all the traveling and made sure that Cyprus had a good standing on the European level. I never counted the trips, but it must be over a hundred, and gave me the opportunity to visit every single country in Europe. And of course, make friends all over. It was an amazing experience. And some of the activities will remain in my memory forever. I had never been to any of the countries of ex-Yugoslavia. And I got to lovely places like North Macedonia, Montenegro, Slovenia, Croatia. And was very, very pleasantly surprised when I visited Albania for the first time. I attended conferences in Bulgaria, Romania, and visited Spain and Portugal on numerous occasions. There were various trips to Italy, Rome, Perugia, a conference in Rimini, and of course the yearly conference of the international non-governmental organizations in Strasbourg in France. While I was traveling with the police and my children were getting more and more independent, I started looking for another kind of fulfillment because I knew that the kids would leave and the police job would eventually end. I felt that having been a tour guide and traveling around the world with people who used to unload all their problems on me, because I was a neutral person who they trusted, then also having brought up two children, traveling around the world with police officers who sometimes behaved like children. All this had given me a lot of people's knowledge and I wanted to use all my experience and I decided to train as a life coach. But I needed tools. And as the saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And he did in the form of Robert Simich of the Institute with the same name. And I attended half a course in Paphos here in Cyprus and did the rest of all my coaching training in Dubai and trained as a master coach, an NLP practitioner and a hypnotherapist and started helping people let go of what weighs them down and stops them from reaching their full potential. I helped them let go of fear because fear is a dream killer. 
And many people have unprocessed fears in their subconscious minds that doesn't allow them to enjoy life. I can help people with fear of flying, fear of public speaking, basically any kind of fear and other beliefs that limit people. At some point, I did all these things at the same time. And I remember that I had to leave the training room in Dubai because I needed to attend an online press conference of the Slovenian police on behalf of the president. I thrive on this stuff. I love it when things are hectic and when I can show what I know. And I just retrieved another memory. In 2013, when Cyprus went through a terrible banking disaster, which is too complicated to explain here, but was the result of wrong investments and the bankruptcy of one of the biggest banks, where people lost millions, I accompanied a reporter from the Swiss television to investigate and interview people who were willing to talk to us. And even though I had been told that the Minister of Interior wasn't available, I managed to catch him during the parade where they celebrated the Greek Independence Day, and I got him to talk. I love a challenge and any kind of organizing. During all my trips with the police, while I was spending so much time on planes and in airports, I decided to use my time wisely and wrote a book. A few years ago, The Soul Kit was published, and it is a self-help book that you can pick up when your soul hurts. It is full of useful hints to make you feel better. I had worked through many of my own limiting beliefs and difficult childhood experiences, and I wanted to tell my story and make people understand that there is always a way and that if I did it, they can do it too. Later on, I was looking for public speaking opportunities and came across the Global Woman Club on Facebook. As we all know, Nothing ever happens by coincidence. We are where we are for a reason. And we are here to learn, to learn something or sometimes to teach something. I signed up to become a speaker at the Global Woman Summit in 2019. And the rest is history. I love the idea of women getting together to network and grow and decided to bring the Global Woman Club to Cyprus, of which I have been the regional director now for three years. And when all the meetings went on Zoom during COVID, if you like what you hear and want to know more, check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, forget this. I met so many inspirational and amazing women from all over the world. Today, 40 years after my arrival in Cyprus for the first time, I absolutely love what I do and where I am in my life. And I don't regret anything that I did. I love the island with all its beautiful nature. I love hiking and visiting archaeological sites. This winter, I actually managed to do something that I had been wanting to do for a long time. 
I swam in the Mediterranean Sea in the morning and skied on Mount Olympus in the afternoon. I have a set of very beautiful friends who are genuine and supportive, and most of all, who I can laugh with, because the most important thing in life is having a good sense of humor. I have helped put Cyprus on the world map in many different ways, and I have had people visiting me from all over the world. I love showing people around because I want them to like Cyprus as much as I do. I love the hospitality which characterizes the Cypriot people. They are friendly and approachable, loyal to family bonds and traditions, and lovers of nice food. The Cyprus cuisine is Mediterranean in nature and considered by many doctors around the world to be the healthiest diet in the world. They use a lot of herbs and spices and lots of olive oil and fresh local ingredients. Traditional recipes have been passed down from generations to generations, with home cooking being a strong custom, which hopefully will never end, even though there are more and more of those horrible fast food chains popping up all over the place. I love making traditional Easter pastries called flowness, which I learned to do from my mother-in-law, and I show them off on Facebook. And talking about my mother-in-law, she and all my husband's family are from the occupied part of Cyprus. They are refugees from Famagusta. They lost their home in 1974. It's a long story, And my podcast is not political. But when the borders opened in 2003 and people could suddenly go back to the area where they hadn't been since the Turkish invasion in 1974, I understood that my mother-in-law was dying to go and visit her home which she had lost in Famagusta and her parents' home in Rizokarpaso. Since none of her children were willing to go, I offered... And when I picked her up that morning, my father-in-law was also waiting with his binoculars in his hands. He couldn't resist, even though he had said that he wasn't going. And we spent a day that I will never forget. They were both very composed, but I could feel how much they fought with their emotions. And from the moment we had crossed the borders, the border in Vrisulis, they knew every single building and house and who it belonged to. The Cyprus problem is a very sad story, but unfortunately, humanity will never learn. Greed and power destroy the soul of humanity, and people dominated by greed will often ignore the harm that their actions can cause others. Of course, there are also things that I don't like. Because it would be a little blue-eyed to believe that everything is perfect on my island in the sun. I don't like corrupt polit politicians, and we have quite a few of that. I don't like greed, which became so obvious in a recent scandalous documentary where politicians, lawyers, business people, property developers, civil servants and accountants were all rubbing each other's backs while basking in the glow of 
invincibility. This is Cyprus, they said. Any rule can be bent. But this is not my Cyprus. Power and greed are not my game. I love money, don't get me wrong. I love having money to spend, to live a good life, and especially to travel and collect more material for podcast episodes. But I also know that happiness is an inside job and not a big bank account. Sitting on my favorite hill on top of the ancient ruins of Amathunda or Amathus, watching the sunrise is happiness. Swimming in the Mediterranean Sea is happiness. Or hiking on the Aphrodite Trail in Akamas or the Madaris Nature Trails and having a laugh about who has the better sandwich with my friends is happiness. I love my island in the sun and I love the friends that I made here. I cannot name them all, but they know who they are. And they also know that they are not my friends because they are rich or famous. They are my friends because friendship is being there for each other, respecting each other the way we are. And in a, in a respectful friendship, each person is supportive when things aren't going so well and happy for you when things are going great. As far as my island in the sun is concerned, I am ready for another 40 years. If you like my podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends about it. If you want to contribute in any way, get in touch with me.